The Holy Gospel according to Mark. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven saying, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. And the Spirit immediately drove Jesus out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness 40 days tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God, saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. The Gospel of the Lord. Graduation was getting close. And my mom was getting worried. In a few months, I was going to finish college and be launched into the so-called real world. And at that point, I had only applied for one job, a position at my home church working with youth and young adults. You know, a really good paying job. (laughs) My mom felt it was foolish to put all my eggs into one basket, but I felt a sure and utter confidence that this was where God was calling me. This was what I was meant to do next in life. And sure enough, a few days after graduation, I got the job and I moved back to Nutripoli to start the next part of my life. Now, if you've been at Emmanuel for a little while, you've probably heard me talk about my hometown in Pennsylvania. Maybe you think I'm exaggerating when I talk about how small it is. I'm not exaggerating. I still remember when we got our first stoplights. You laugh. It was very exciting. (laughs) At that point, only two things in Nutripoli were open after 8 o'clock the gas station, and the new Chinese food place, which, I mean, really, what else do you need? Every year, even still, in my hometown, my high school has a day where students are invited to drive their tractors to school instead of their cars. All right? So I moved back. I felt such a sense of joy and confidence and also triumph. God was calling me. And you know what? For the first few years, I was absolutely miserable. I had no friends and no money. And after the excitement of college, my hometown, which before had just kind of felt small and quaint, man, now it felt like a prison. I mean, in college, it's hard to believe, but in college, I was cool. (laughs) But now I was working with middle schoolers, which meant that I was never cool. (laughs) Nutripoli didn't just feel rural. It felt like wilderness, both physically and spiritually. I knew that God had called me there, that I was following God's will, but that period in my life was still such a struggle with some real trials. 
And yet, and yet, when I left Nutripoli four years later, I was a different person, more sure of who I was and what I really believed. My faith was more mature, and I had learned new ways to trust God no matter what was going on around me. And over those four years, I had become confident that God was really calling me, me, into ministry. So when I left, I was ready for that, and I went to seminary. When I look back now, I see that that Time in Nutripoli was filled with many blessings and so much grace, and I feel a lot of gratitude. But at the time, no way! Nobody likes being in the wilderness. You know, the wilderness plays such an important role in the Bible. There are so many stories about individuals and groups being in the wilderness like the Israelites who wandered in the wilderness for years as they journeyed from Egypt to the promised land and complained almost nonstop about the lack of food, lack of water, lack of a decent map, lack of amenities, sometimes wishing they could go back to slavery in Egypt rather than wander around in the wilderness. Or the prophet Elijah, who fled into the wilderness because he was one of the last faithful prophets left. He had done what God asked him to do, and now he was being hunted, and he was so full of despair, he just wanted to die. Or Hagar, who was forced into the wilderness along with her young son by cruel masters who had taken advantage of her and were now punishing her for something that was not her fault and who wept over their lives and feared what was to come. In these stories, and so many others, the wilderness doesn't just refer to a physically desolate place. It's also a metaphor for being in a spiritual wilderness, a time when people are wandering and lost inside. So when somebody in the Bible goes into the wilderness, that's serious business. It's going to be a difficult, trying time, not just for their bodies, but deep in their souls. And yet despite that, or maybe actually because of it, the wilderness is also a time of great transformation. That's because being in the wilderness forces us to ask some deep existential questions. Is this where I'm meant to be? What do I really believe? Who am I? What's my purpose in this stage of my life? What kind of person do I want to be? And boy, when we start asking questions like that, Those are the kinds of questions that God uses to change us, to convict us, to lead us to repentance, to make us new. The Israelites asked those kind of questions when they were in the wilderness. Can we really trust this God that we're following? Elijah did too. Is following God worth it, he wondered, if it leads to this? 
Hagar faced hard questions. Did I do something wrong to end up here? And, and what do I do now? We don't get to see it in our reading from Mark this morning, but while Jesus was in the wilderness, he had to wrestle with some big questions too. Matthew and Luke tell us that during his time in the wilderness, Jesus was tempted to use his power for himself, to lord it over others, to follow someone other than God, which meant that Jesus had to answer some deep questions about what kind of person he was, what his purpose was, who he was going to be, where he was going to put his trust. See, the wilderness makes us face these kinds of questions, all sorts of demons, including our own. But these wilderness stories in the Bible are also times when people learn to trust God more, to depend on God more. When we're in the wilderness feeling lost and wandering, when the normal answers we rely on no longer satisfy us, when we're searching for something to hold on to, that's an opportunity to rediscover the one who's always there and never leaves us. In the wilderness, the Israelites learned to trust God. As God gave them water and manna and quail, and led them with love. In the wilderness, Elijah was nourished with food that fed his body and his soul. He heard God speak, and his faith was renewed. In the wilderness, Hagar learned that God loved her and her son, would keep them safe, and her faith and hope were reborn. See, the the wilderness is an opportunity for our faith to flourish amidst feelings of desolation and all the hardship. The wilderness is fertile ground for our faith to grow. It's a place where people are changed and made new. Jesus emerged from that wilderness a different person. We saw it when he was baptized. The heavens declared that Jesus was the Son of God. And Jesus walked out of that wilderness ready to embrace that identity and run with it to fulfill his mission. It says immediately he began to proclaim the good news. The Israelites emerged as different people too. They left behind their identities as slaves and found their new identities as God's chosen people. In the wilderness, Elijah left behind his fear and his doubt and he heard God's call for the future and he left ready to roll. Hagar heard the promises of God and she and Ishmael emerged ready to be the leaders of a great people. I've been a pastor long enough. I mean, heck, I've been a person long enough to know that we all go through times of wilderness, spiritual wilderness, when we feel lost, when we don't know what to do, when the things we normally rely on are gone or We're just not helpful anymore. Times when we feel confused and are searching for direction and asking deep, hard questions. Times when it feels like we're 
all alone and like everything's a struggle. We all have times like that, every single one of us. And it is such a relief and joy to see that Jesus spent time in the wilderness too. Not just a literal wilderness, but a spiritual wilderness full of temptation and trial. And that's a relief because most of us tend to think that when we have times in the wilderness, it must mean we've done something wrong. That is our fault or that we're being punished. But today we heard that the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. God led Jesus into the wilderness. Do you see? Being in the wilderness isn't some sort of clear sign that we've wandered away from God or done something wrong. Sometimes following God will lead us into the wilderness. The life of faith is not all bless and peace and rainbows and unicorns. It also leads to times of wilderness and wrestling and struggle. And God does not abandon us in those times. Our reading says that angels attended Jesus in the wilderness. Every story I've shared about wilderness this morning is full of examples of God providing and caring for people in that wilderness. Even my own example of wilderness, when I look back, is full of God's unexpected grace and goodness, though it was mighty hard to see at the time. Not too long ago, our congregation went through some wilderness together as we struggled through the pandemic. Remember that? (laughs) We were forced to wrestle with some deep questions about faith and community and mortality and identity. We had to learn to experience God and, and faith differently, to trust in God, to rely on God in new ways. We did. The pandemic was awful, and I don't mean to diminish that reality at all, but I also want to acknowledge that our church emerged from the COVID wilderness changed. We had a renewed sense of community and gratitude and purpose. The wilderness transformed us. I hope very much that you're not in the wilderness right now. Though if you are, you're not alone. God's with you, and you will discover and experience God's grace in unexpected places. And this community is full of people who want to support and care for you however they can. And if you're not in the wilderness right now, that's great. But chances are you will be again before too long. So I hope you'll remember that the wilderness is a place of deep challenge, yes, but it's also a gift and an opportunity, a place where God meets us and we are transformed. And man, if that can happen in a place like Nutripoli, <laughs> it can happen anywhere. Amen. Amen.